The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. And here's your host, John Chapman. What is going on, Faithful? Look who I got with us today. I'm so excited. The man, Brian McFadden with Legit Football. It has been far too long. I blame myself. I, I'm such a routine Life happens, guy. man. It, it's all good. It's what it is. <laughs> but I'm so pumped today. Shout out to the, the man, Clayton, behind the scenes. He's going to be running the show today. Uh, we were texting. He's like, dude, we got to get Brian back on the show. And I was like, dude, 100%. <laughs> So uh, yeah, Clayton reached out. I'm like, no brainer. Are you kidding me? I'll be on the 49er Rush <laughs> podcast anytime I'm asked as long as I have the availability. This was a perfect week. Uh, my wife and son are actually out of town. So I'm like, I got all the time. Let's make it happen. Oh, that's what's up, man. Yeah. That's what's up. So here's what we got in store for today. You know, off-season content's fun for me because you get to visit a lot of topics kind of outside of the 49ers. And what better person to do that with Brian? We're going to be going through the NFC power rankings. And we're going to be using Brian. I don't I don't know his rankings. Uh, I'm just going to be here to kind of pick at him. Um, but we're going to start at the bottom, uh, Drake style. We're going to go to the top. We'll see where the 49ers fit. But this is a great example or opportunity to kind of see what is the gauntlet, so to speak, that the Niners have to go through? Because every single team's number one goal, win your division. Then you got to beat your conference. Then you get to the Super Bowl and all those things. So, all right, man, I'm excited. We're going to argue. I already know. We're going to argue about Detroit. That's happening. 100%. Just keep it going. That'll be our thing every year. Just we'll have disagreements on where the Lions should be in power rankings. And I'm okay with that. I love it. I love it. So, um, as always, if you have questions, Clayton's going to be starring those. We'll get to those probably towards the end of the episode, and we'll try to jump in some of those questions. But let's start. 16, dead last in the NFC. Who stands there for you, buddy? This is probably the easiest one to do in the entire power rankings, unless we had the AFC and the Chiefs would easily be one. And that's the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, uh, I already had it typed in. And and they and they I mean yeah I mean there's I don't know a single analyst that would put anyone other than the Cardinals at 30 second because they know they're the worst roster. In fact, if there's one thing I know there's no Cardinals fans in the chat here, but Cardinals fans, if you happen to be listening to a 49ers rush podcast, the hope is for next year. They actually, yeah. you know, uh, Monty Osifort made some fantastic moves with the 2024 draft in mind. So they already know, look, this year is a wash. Uh, they got rid of multiple veterans and they had J.J. Watt reti- retire and they didn't really add anything in return. Uh, so they know that they're going to lose. They're in um, one of the tougher divisions, at least with two of the teams in the NFC West. Uh, so you got to ad- admire that they have a strategy, I, I guess. Yeah, John. That- that's all I can say. When that trade happened, when they fell back from three 
to whatever it got those to 11 picks i was yeah. so mad i was so mad because i don't want caleb williams in our division now real quick i don't mind spending a little extra time on these nfc west teams yeah my question to you is this it let's say they tank they get the number one overall pick do they take caleb williams with uh, that absolutely crazy contract that kyler, kyler he's got 55 million dollars next year on the cap next year yeah I, I, but you don't pass up an opportunity like that. You've got a, a, a brand new GM, brand new head coach and coaching staff. They didn't draft Kyler. Even the, the guys who did draft Kyler might have a little buyer's remorse at this point. Nothing against Murray's talent. That has never been the question. But you got into the, the contract issue where they're, they're telling him not to play video games and to watch tape. That's an issue. Add on the fact that he's had injury issues and he's coming off an ACL where he's going to in all likelihood, at least missed the first half of the season. They could get to a point, John, where neither him, uh, the Cardinals organization, nor Murray and his camp will want to get him out there. They're going to be out of playoff contention basically right away. So you might just keep him on the shelf and and try to get some draft compensation, uh, sending him to another team who's desperate, who maybe doesn't get the Drake May, Caleb Williams sweepstakes in, in 2024. But yes, if you're at that top pick, uh, I think you can't do anything other than take who's a, yet uh, from what we know another generational Andrew Luck Trevor Lawrence type quarterback prospect at number one. Oh, I like it man it's good to have Brian back I, I like just like soak it in all this stuff it, it's awesome yeah Rick says many red flags with Kyler yeah. and they they're not stopping they keep adding on all right let's go to number 15 in your NFC West power rank or NFC power rankings who you got well, John, you're probably going to want to spend a little more time on this one as well because we've got the Los Angeles Rams. Whoa. Now, here is one thing about the Rams. There actually is a, quite a bit of uncertainty because they have an insane amount of rookies. I believe it's an, uh, an unprecedented amount. I think they had close to 40 rookies on their roster after the draft. So they could have had, they could just by pure volume, they could have some some hits in there. They still have Aaron Donald. Stafford, we hear is healthy and looked good in camp. Cooper we heard that Cup last coming year back. too, right? We did hear that last year. You and I were speculating on, on how bad that elbow was. Now he's got the neck thing too. So you still got at least the core that won you the Super Bowl. You have a whole bunch of rookies. You don't know what you have. So 15, as it stands now, completely plausible. I don't think even if the rookies hit, they're going to be in playoff contention. But I think there's a chance they could win more games than they won last season if some of these rookies end up panning out. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's no way they get to eight wins, right? Like they but have even they if they get six or seven, that yeah, they they're going to improve on their five wins from from 2022. That's what I'm saying. In a, a in an NFC in general that is not nearly as strong as the AFC, they could sneak through a few wins. You could have an Aaron Donald disruption game. You play the Cardinals twice. I mean, you can give them two victories most likely there. Uh, there's some other teams in the NFC uh, that are weak. There's a whole conference, the NFC South, that you know up in the air. Uh, so I I don't think they're in playoff contention. They could end up being higher on the power rankings towards the end of the regular season, but now there's just there's so much uncertainty. We have to put them at 15. Yeah, I, the thing that cracks me up is all the positivity coming out about Stetson Bennett. Like that is just every time I hear, I'm just like, oh boy. Like, go ahead, guys. Just well, just here's bring it here's in. the thing: if you're the Rams and like the Cardinals, you're out of playoff contention pretty early. There were questions about whether forget Stafford's health. There were questions about whether Stafford would even continue playing and that he might retire. Why not throw in Stetson Bennett towards the end of the season yeah. just to see what you have? I'm not saying he's the savior. Everybody wants the next Brock Purdy, right? Uh, which is good to be the team that got Brock Purdy. Congrats, guys. Um, but <laughs> if you're the Rams, 
why not give this they guy who's last year they didn't yeah. even have a pick they pulled right. their guys so yeah i will say this congrats to mcveigh uh they announced they uh yes. kiddo daddy mcveigh uh, which mm-hmm. is awesome actually On father's day nice announcement I want McVeigh out of coaching because I want to listen to him in the booth, to be honest yeah. with you. Like selfishly, I think McVeigh is pretty good at what he does. Um, do I like his attitude and all those things? Not too much, but I do like it when he talks. So um yeah, we'll, Dude we'll is also how- he's been to su- two Super Bowls already and he's still like thirty six or something. Uh yeah. you can't deny his talent as a football mind, and yes, it would be nice to hear what he has to say at Amazon. There we go. There we go. All right, let's go to number fourteen. So this is a team that won their division with a losing record with the greatest of all time at quarterback. And guess what? He retired. He's told us like three or four times through various videos. That's the Tampa Bay Bucks. Interestingly enough, John, their roster is fairly intact. It's not that dissimilar from the team that won the Super Bowl just a couple seasons ago. But the quarterback position, the most important position at all, there is a training camp battle between Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask, that's nobody's idea of excitement. A lot of their star players, uh, Levante David still playing at a high level, but he's getting up there in age. Shaq Barrett getting up there in age. Uh, they did resign, um, you know, some of their, their secondary help. So they have pieces, but their offensive line got much worse last year. But most importantly, the quarterback is bad. They need a running game. Leonard Fournette's gone and he didn't do anything. I, I just can't get excited about them. I'm going to be confidently put them at 14 here. Yeah, they're weird because I don't think that they're going to be like a six-win team. Like, I, they're going to get to seven, eight, nine wins, I feel like. Well, they but, won eight last year. They went eight and nine and won the NFC yeah. South. That's, you know, that's a whole nother can of worms, that division. But I think a lot of the rest of the division got better while they got worse. I don't think they're as bad as the Rams and the Cardinals. I actually think if we're, if we're tearing this thing, John, there's a mm. decent bump between the Bucks and the two NFC West teams that we've already discussed. But it's just that they won eight games with Brady and their division got gotcha. better. So even if it's only five, six, seven wins uh, in this jumbled middle of the NFC, I'm pretty confident putting him at 14. I like it. All right, 13. Next one up. Keep on rolling. This is a team that has a lot of hope and hype for the future because they got the number one overall pick after they traded for it. We just don't know what they have yet. They did get rid of one of the best receivers in the NFC and DJ Moore. They drafted the quarterback of the future, hopefully Bryce Young. All reports out of training camp is that this guy is the real deal. I was very high on Young coming out. The only real issue, if you could call it, I could see was his size. So if you take out a factor that may not be a factor for a player like this, if he can stay healthy and if he makes good decisions, this is could be in like the Trevor Lawrence type of quarterback as far as his talent level. That's yeah. how good he is. Uh, I love Frank Reich as the hire, really reset that coaching staff. Uh, but we just like uh, the Rams, there's just so much that we don't know yet. We can't project too much based on rookies. I don't like to project that. So until they, we show what they can do, they do still have some young pieces on defense. Derek Brown, J.C. Horn, Brian Burns. Uh, they brought on Von Bell to shore up their safety uh, from Cincinnati. But there's still a lot of uncertainty, so it could be a good season in a weak division. But for now, I'm going to keep them where they are at uh, 13. The Panthers are interesting. One, just the Niners ties, right? Like, it was such a fun game. We go to Carolina last year. They're handing out fire rule shirts, you know, as Panthers fans are walking in. Beat the brakes off of them. They fire their coach. They trade us their best player. Then they get dartled, right? And White, or sorry, uh, what's it called? Uh our new defensive coordinator steps in, does a hell of a job. We get both those guys too. 
So, like, <laughs> we, we got their coach fired. They traded his best player. We got their quarterback that, you know, won four out of six games. We got their D.C. Um, yeah, it's, it's – it. I don't know. The Panthers, I just feel like there's, like, a – 49ers connection. East? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There we go. We, we just kind of took them all. Um, and right here, David says, great to see legit football back on 49ers Rush. David. Guys, you have not yet. This is what you got to do. Type in legit football. The podcast is incredible. It's on YouTube. How often are you guys recording right now? So we have both podcasts. We have the Legit Football Podcast on Monday and Friday, which I do not host anymore. I'm actually hosting it this week, though, because I have the time. But we have 30 Minutes of Football that I do host on Wednesdays. We also have the Legit Football Newsletter, which is where this all came about. And our social media is on fire. We have interns that work for us now that's putting all sorts of amazing content on every platform you can think of, except Snapchat. We don't really do anything on Snapchat. So, yeah, just type Just Google Legit Football. There's lots of stuff to choose from. I freaking love it. Awesome. Awesome. And Clarzard says, got to give Bryce Young a little optimism. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you believed in him enough to give up all that to go get him, uh, which is weird to me. Trading, I like Bryce Young. I would have a hard time trading up for a 5'10 quarterback, but that's just me. Um, the height doesn't worry me as much as the, the weight. Because mm. I think uh, I've heard quarterbacks break this down where they said the height isn't as big of a deal. Batted balls is actually not a thing when it comes to height because. Number one, you're you're typically in shotgun these days. You're, you're back, and the offensive line is spread. You see the holes between them. Height doesn't really matter as much. Um, maybe you can say middle of the field vision, uh, but that hasn't been a problem for Young in college, mm-hmm. playing in the SEC with a lot of big dudes. But he's less than 200 pounds. I don't care what he weighed in at the combine. What happens when a, a, a 300-pound defensive lineman? Like, that's my concern. But if that ends up being a false concern, Young's talent's incredible, and um, sky's the limit for him. Football season may be over, but the action on the floor is heating up. Whether it's tournament season or fight for home playoff court, there's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. Get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app, where you can turn your hoops knowledge into serious cash. And Prize Picks even offers injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players get injured. For basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player projection won't count against you, and the rest of your entry stays live. There's lots of bets. Stephen Curry, over 27.5 points. Draymond Green, will he make one three-pointer? Or no? Very easy things to bet. Download the app today and use code 49ers. For a first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the Prize Picks app today and use code 49ers for a first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Yeah, I like it. All right, let's go number 12. Number 12, another team. There's a lot of these teams, by the way, that have a lot of hope. Uh, my Uh-oh. microphone falls down. At the, mic, <laughs> the mic is disagreeing. It doesn't want me to hype up this team. Uh, you just mic dropped it. I like it. I did, but the mic dropped itself, which is strange. <laughs> uh, let, let's go ahead and say the Chicago Bears, uh, another team that uh, Arrow is certainly looking up. Uh, they had an issue with their passing game, an issue with pass protection, and an issue on defense. Uh, they added uh, two of the best linebackers available, um, TJ Edwards and um, I can't remember the other linebacker they got. Drawing a blank. Uh, on offense, they added uh, DJ Moore, who we mentioned just left Carolina. Uh, their offensive line actually jailed and played better towards the end of the season last year, and they drafted uh, an offensive lineman in the first round. So 
and and third year of of, of uh, Justin Fields. So you have a lot of these kind of arrow pointing up things with Chicago right now. Uh, another division that with Aaron Rodgers out the door is is really wide open. Multiple divisions like this in the NFC. So this is another team. I wouldn't be surprised if they're higher on this list at the end of the season. They could be a sneaky playoff team if all of these pieces gel and all of this hope actually coalesces. Uh, but as it stands now, that's what we're doing, John. We're judging them as it stands now. So I'll put the Bears at 12. They're weird for me. Ten straight losses to end the year. And yeah. I know everybody got so pumped about Justin Fields, but that was a fantasy-like bump. He was not performing well. Uh, running the ball incredibly well. Right. But, like, those 10 losses, I think they had, like, two games within one score. Like, they were getting the doors blown off. So I, I like that there is hope here, and I'm pulling for them just because the Bears have been so historically bad. Uh, I do like Justin Fields. I just, man, I don't know about this coaching staff. I, I just, 12, I think, is a good spot. Um, but yeah, they're, 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 they're yeah. They're I, I am not high on the coaching staff yet. Uh, Eberflus hasn't done much there. Um, so, but it, it's all hope it's, it's projection. That's what we're yeah. saying. I wouldn't be surprised if they move up, but as it stands now, got to keep them where they are at 12. I like it. Shot says listening while driving to the car wash. Don't forget to like subscribe Patreon. I like it. Thank you, John. Uh, I want to quickly just address a question. My big Papa in the chat. He asked about vision over the center of the field, a problem for short quarterbacks. Uh, yes, it is like that is the one area of concern for short quarterbacks. If you look at uh, Kyler Murray, that's actually been one of his issues in Arizona is they love, they can see better. The vision is more direct to the outside of the numbers where when you got linebackers going on, if you're 5'10", 5'11", it's a little bit harder to see those crossers, to kind of see those deep ends. Doesn't mean it can't work, uh, but yes, that is a legitimate concern from people who, from scouts, from people who study quarterbacks, is shorter quarterbacks and the center of the field. I like it. I like it. Always good question for Big Pop. A great answer there. All right, let's go number 11. And we got Don Burr in the, in the chat. What's up, Don? He shows Ooh, up every Lions fan. Oh, he should yeah, stick he around. He, he'll like where I put Detroit. Maybe not where, where John We're, we're going to argue them. about that. We're going to argue. Okay, all right. Number 11. So so this year, every year you have like a, a team. I think Detroit was it for me last year. I'm a Dolphins fan, for those who have never watched the show before and don't know that. But I always tend to have a team, maybe two, in the offseason who's coming up that I, that I kind of fall for. And this year it's the Atlanta Falcons. So I have them at 11. Because once again, yet another team with a whole lot of hype. They added a ton of pieces, especially on defense in the offseason. They basically added a, a whole bunch of guys from the Saints. They added uh, the the, def- the co-defensive coordinator for the Saints to be their primary DC. They added David Onyemata, Caden Ellis, guys I'm really high on. Calais Campbell, still playing at a decently high level. Love that man. Uh, Bud Dupree, just for some extra rotational pa- pass rush. And they got Jesse Bates, the other safety from Cincinnati. On paper, this looks like a dramatically improved defense, uh, which was their biggest weakness last year. Let's go to the offense. One of, if not possibly the best, or at least top three offensive lines in the NFL last year. I don't know that it gets enough pop, especially uh, running the ball. They kept Caleb McGarry. Uh, They signed Chris Lindstrom to an extension, even though he wasn't due yet. Uh, They had a 1,000-yard rusher in Tyler Algier, and then they added... B. John Robinson, who apparently going to use all over the field. Kyle Pitts coming back. Drake London going into year two. The biggest question, like a lot of these teams, though, John, is the quarterback position. We don't know what we're getting in Desmond Ritter. Played four games, won two of them. Once again, really, really weak division. Probably the weakest division in football. So the Falcons, it's there for you to take it. I love all the moves they've made, but we have to actually see it happen on the field before I can move them above 11. Yeah, I mean... 
they spent some money, man. They spent some money. And if they don't do well, the coaching staff, everybody's gone, um, including the quarterback, Desmond Ritter. And, you know, we had that comment there uh, from Change uh, Capability Institute. Surprised they moved on from Mariota. Now, Marcus Mariota destroyed the 49ers. He was the NFC player of the week against us when they beat us. Uh, but then was trash after that. They eventually sent him home. It told them just don't even come to the locker room. They did the whole Derek Carr thing. Um, he was like, also he was actually one of the least accurate quarterbacks uh, of starting quarterbacks in the NFL. May have been the worst of people starting a certain amount of games. Uh, he his his value was in running the ball, and I mean that's how they're able to move the ball against San Francisco with that running game. Uh, throwback that I predicted that Falcons victory. By the way, you guys are not did. happy with me. Uh, but did. but they cannot. They can only go so far. With Mariota, they also know what they're getting in Mariota. Ritter is still a rookie. They needed to give him the reins. Uh, Tyler Heineke, sneaky good backup uh, in Atlanta. So if the wheels go off with Ritter, you've got Heineke there. But I'm not surprised at all they moved on from Mariota. Looking forward to seeing that Netflix QB documentary, though, John. It's hilarious because it's like Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, then Mariota. Mariota. It was a very strange combination. (laughs) Uh, but now that we know what happened in Atlanta, I, I'm kind of curious to see the Mariota train go off the tracks just for entertainment purposes. Yeah. Oh, that's right, Kevin. I remember this now. Mariota quit on them uh, and went home. That's right. Um, that is correct. I, I was wrong. It, it was uh, – no, they sent Derek Carr home, and then Mariota quit. That's right. Yeah. That's what it was. That's what it was. All right, let's go number 10. We're in the top 10 of the NFC now. Here I've got the San Francisco 49ers. I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wanted to troll you guys. It's been a while since I've been on the show. I gotta throw throw some throw some uh, darts in there. No, uh, you mentioned Derek Carr. Let's mention his new team, the New Orleans Saints. I it, probably when I do my preseason predictions for division winners, and it might be because I just love the moves. I will probably pick Atlanta to win this division. But once again, where they stand now, I have to give the Saints a slight edge. Uh, Their offense was actually really good with Andy Dalton last year, and they added an upgrade. Whatever you think about Dalton versus Carr, if you look at, take last season out, which was a train wreck for Carr in Las Vegas, from 2017 to 2021, basically every passing metric there is, every advanced metric for quarterback, every regular statistical category, Carr is a far superior quarterback than Andy Dalton. So you have Chris Olave, Rashid Shahid. That's what it it's, is. Hey, whatever works for him, man. I don't care. The shadow works when you're a Raider. And the, does it work in New Orleans? I guess we'll see. Yeah. Um, questions around running back with Alvin Kamara uh, possibly facing a suspension. But they did bring on Jamal Williams, who's at least a capable, solid uh, running back. And they've got Kendry Miller, the rookie. So there's a lot to like about this offense. Defense still run by Dennis Allen. Not a great head coach, but a good defensive coach. They did lose all those guys I mentioned to the Falcons. Caden Ellis, David Onyemata, Shai Tuttle, also gone. Marcus Davenport. So they lost a lot of pieces on the defense, but they always seem to find a way to be decent. So as it stands now, I gave New Orleans the slight edge. But that's we've already we've already uh, exhausted the NFC South, and we're only at 10. It's, yeah, that was the thing I'm looking at. Like, you got yeah. the Saints at 10, Falcons at 11, Panthers 13, Bucks 14. Mm-hmm. And so, like, they're all close to each other. Yeah, and it's anybody's division except the Bucks because Kyle Trask and or Baker Mayfield is not winning that division. Oh, yikes, yeah. yikes. All right, let's move on. Let's go number nine. Number nine, another team with uh, uncertainty and hope at the same time. The Green Bay Packers go on from a Hall of Fame quarterback who is now uh, in New York, New Jersey, and move to Jordan Love. I know we've seen a little bit of him, and it's been up and down. The most recent we saw him was against the Eagles, the team that went to the NFC Championship game last year. 
Uh, and he looked really good uh, for, for about three quarters. And uh, not just the numbers, because I know Christian Watson took a pass and ran an extra 60 yards. If you look at some of his metrics, if you watch the tape on that, and I have, uh, he's reading the field well. He's going through multiple progressions. Uh, he Small sample size, but he looked good. He looked really good in the preseason last year, too. But he's never started an entire NFL season, so we just don't know what we're getting out of Jordan Love. It's a make-it-or-break-it year. They restructured his contract instead of picking up his fifth-year option, which is something we've never really seen before. Works for the team and gives Love a little bit of money while at the same time saying, hey, we are happy to move on from you next year. Uh, they do have a good roster in general, but once again, all comes down to the QB position in Green Bay. Yeah, did you see the uh, Jordan Love his his Father's Day post to the Bears? So like he was apparently, trying to troll him. It's no, <laughs> apparently there's more context than that. There was a Bears fan who asked him something about the French Bears uh, fan club, and he didn't say the French part, so he just said, "Hey, uh, oh. you know, Bears fan." So it actually wasn't trying to troll, and it just got. If you go to uh, Ari Mayrov's uh, latest tweet. He he showed the tweet the uh, additional context tweets where they actually explained that, but That's did not, not a good fun. look on yeah not not a good look on on uh, Father's Day for uh, for the Packers and Jordan Love though. Yeah, that's interesting to me. And one of the things that I think is most interesting about Jordan Love is like he's two years ahead of Trey Lance. Yeah, and so the contract situation, all those things, I just think it's it's interesting to see how mm -hmm. it plays out from that perspective. Correct. So yes, um, we'll we'll see, we'll see. All right, let's go number eight. Number eight, I've got yet another team with a question at quarterback where it could be great. Everything we're hearing is great, but we just don't know. But a very good roster, otherwise a sneaky good roster. That's the Washington Commanders. Take out the quarterback position, and you've actually maybe got a top four roster in the NFC. Uh, tons of offensive playmakers. Uh, you've got uh, Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin could be a top 10 wide receiver with good quarterback play. Uh, Jahan Dotson had a solid rookie season, uh, pretty solid offensive line, multiple running backs to choose from yeah. Antonio Gibson, Brian Robinson, Chris Rodriguez, but the quarterback position, Sam Howell started one game, blew out the Cowboys in that one game. I don't know how much we can take from that one game, but just effusive praise coming out from commander's training camp on how well how was playing i will say this john a couple years ago when he was still in college at unc there were people saying he could be number one overall pick and then his uh, senior season or junior season whichever it was just didn't you know really dropped his his draft stock so he's got the talent to be that kind of quarterback yeah. i'm kind of interested to see what commanders do uh you've got eric b enemy calling plays there now ron rivera Always a great defensive mind. you got a ton of great pieces. Basically, first-round picks along the defensive line. Emmanuel Forbes, huge fan of him. He's one of my favorite corners coming out. Ball-hawking corner that's making a lot of plays in camp. So I'm kind of excited to see what Washington does. Yeah, they're, they're a fun one because Rivera is very respected, rightfully so. But if they don't put something together with new ownership, like it mm -hmm. could just be a complete massive change, Completely. which is crazy for Rivera to put all that on this quarterback. We'll see there. We'll see there. Now, we're halfway through our NFC rankings. Now, before we carry on, if you're coming to a Niners game, Brian came out and partied with us last year. We had a good time. Amazing. Um, here you go, 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. Come party with us. Going to 49ers games is awesome. But what's even better than that is going to 49ers games with the faithful, joining the community, and we got you covered. The 49ers Rush Road Trip is going into its fourth year of bringing the faithful together, night before parties, tailgates the day of. We got you covered. Go get your tickets at 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. 
All right, let's get to number seven. Uh, number seven, uh, this is a team, I, I on a lot of these teams, I say, oh, they could finish higher. This is a team I actually think could finish lower. A team that I did not believe in set a record for the most amount of one-score victories in NFL history last year with 11. That's the Minnesota Vikings. They had one of the worst defense in the NFL Huge Brian Flores fan, not just because I'm a Dolphins fan, but there's not a lot he has to work with. The little talent they have has gone out the door. And Daniil Hunter, their most talented player, apparently not happy, seeking a trade, and teams are calling and they are engaging. Uh, uh, Justin Jefferson, best wide receiver in the NFL. I'm very confident to say that. But you lost Dalvin Cook. Your offensive line has had uh, up and down play. Uh, Cousins is great when things around him are good. And more than anything, you cannot count on a team winning that many one-score games. There are too many fluky, luck-based things that happen in any particular NFL game for you to count on any team to win 11 games by one score. I don't care how good you are. They That's going to regress. They had a point differential on yes, the season. <laughs> for 11 wins and a division winner. How, does, how is that possible? That's when you look at some of these metrics, John, to reveal what a team is really like. Any team can get lucky. The Titans were winning all sorts of one-score games to the, end, the beginning of the season, and then the train the wheels fell off in the middle of the season. I think we're going to see that from Minnesota. Kirk Cousins has already said there's, there's no contract talks going on. This is the last year he expects to be gone. I think Minnesota knows they're looking at a reset. They don't want to completely throw things away in a division they could still win just because it's, it's, it's a little weak in general. Uh, but yes, I'm, I'm not high on Minnesota. I could see well, if we have this conversation towards the end of the regular season, they could be much lower than seven. But for now, in a jumbled NFC, we'll stick them right at the edge of the playoffs. Yeah, and I don't know, man. They just they're trying to blow up their own team. Like yeah. they're done. Yeah, I, I don't know what their goal is. But Kirk Cousins said, you know, he's fine playing out the last year of his deal. Doesn't want a new deal. Like it's just, I think this is over. Uh, the Giants just boat raced them in the playoffs which was hilarious all right let's keep it going also where... predicted that by the way knew the yeah, giants were gonna... dude you were on fire last year um yeah my it, record it... if you if you compare i would have been uh at the highest win percentage of of analysts across the nfl it was like nearly 70 percent, and i i picked every game in the entire nfl season in the playoffs you did because you did your confidence rankings. And whenever I was doing our teaser bets, a lot of times I would check those out and be like, all right, all right. Brian knows what he's <laughs> talking about. So, uh, yeah, you made us some money. So I appreciate that, buddy. All right, let's Happy go number six. All right, number six, uh, another team that I think they overachieved last year, but I love their coaching staff. I do think they got better, uh, especially in the draft, but still a lot of missing pieces. That's the New York Giants. Uh, they're another team. They actually won seven one-score games last year. When it flew under the radar because of how many of the, the Vikings won of those games, but the Giants also squeaked by a lot of teams. Now, unlike Minnesota, I think a lot of that was due to coaching. Brian Dable has shown now at two destinations that he can do wondrous things with, with toolsy but uncertain quarterbacks. Uh, that team loves to play for him. I read an article about how he assembled his coaching staff, and it just gives you some insight into how unique Dable is. And he didn't hire his friends, and he had a very collaborative environment where all the coaches got together and decided on what the best candidates would be for certain positions that they had to fill. So I do think the Giants are here to stay. Are they going to be as good as they were and win a playoff game? Probably not, but who knows in a wide open NFC. Daniel Jones, they just paid him. Saquon, another big X factor here. Will said he will not play on the tag. Apparently they're still in current negotiations, but as it stands now, he's said he's willing to sit out the whole season. That's a big uh, question mark with the Giants. I just can't believe in Daniel Jones. Like, 
I just can't do it. I, I don't think he's good. I don't think he's – I think he's average at best, which you could win in the NFC uh, with an average right. as best quarterback. But like you said, I think the ceiling is what they did last year uh, with this roster. Um, I do agree. Uh, so I don't – I'm not a Daniel Jones believer, just so we clear. But what Dable was able to do is he was able to get Jones to play – within the structure of his offense, he actually went from one of the most turnover-prone quarterbacks in the NFL to one of the lowest as far as mm. turnover-worthy plays. He played smart. He played within the structure of that system, and they won some games for it. If he can do that again in a weak NFC, I don't see why they could get a wild-card spot again. All right. Now, we're to the top five, and you still haven't brought up the Lions. Is this where the Lions <laughs> come off the board? Because this is a shock to me. I I Please this tell is me five is the Lions. Not where I put the Detroit Good Lions. Lord. You know how high I was on them last year. I, I We'll talk about Detroit when we get to them. Uh, but honestly, this is a team who I considered putting slightly higher. Let's finish out the NFC West, except for your Niners. That's the Seattle Seahawks. What I like about what Seattle did is they were able to overachieve in a year that a lot of people, myself included, wrote them off. They were number 32 last year. On this show, in my preseason power rankings, the Seahawks were, boy, did they prove me wrong. And they did it with a lot of rookies. They basically had one of the best rookie classes in 2022. Uh, that's only going to say great things for the future. Oh, and by the way, they added, by all accounts, the top wide receiver and the top corner to go with their draft class from last year. So Seattle, I think, is here to stay. I think they're going to be a playoff team again. Uh, I don't think they're quite on the level of the Niners, but I think they'll give him some tough games. Uh, Gino still hasn't written back. I have him in one of my dynasty leagues. I picked him up for FOB, so really excited to see nice. what that has done. Uh, and especially in a weekend NFC, I just think you're going to be looking at probably a 10-win uh, season again, at least for Seattle, and they'll be right back there in the playoffs. I'm curious. I think, uh, like most teams, the quarterback position is huge. Which, quarter, which Gino are you getting? Because the first half of the season like legitimate MVP caliber play second half of the season was average at best at best average. And so did they figure them out? Um, I no, I, what I think happened is a couple things. I think he had no expectations on himself and no one had any expectations on him. On top of that, the offensive line played very well for the first half of the season. Those two rookie tackles uh, and uh, Abraham and Lucas played above what anybody thought they would play right away, they regressed a little bit towards the end of the year. It doesn't mean I don't think they're good tackles. I just think they, they came out gangbusters and then kind of came back down to earth a little bit. So his protection was not as good. The run game wasn't as good for, uh, towards the second half of the year, especially with Kenneth Walker started getting injured. Uh, and the defense uh, wasn't able to hold up against certain games. I think the uh, the Germany game was a turning point against the Bucks. I actually picked them to win that game. Tom Brady said, no, I'm, I'm Tom Brady. I'm not going to let Seattle beat me in the first NFL game in Germany. Uh, and so I think there was just a mental thing. I think that's with Gino. Like a lot of these quarterbacks, Kirk Cousins is kind of in the same category. If everything's good around him, Gino's actually a pretty good quarterback. People forget he was a second round pick. A lot of hype coming out of West Virginia. It, he, he's got an insane amount of weapons. One of the best receiving cores in the NFL right now, especially if Jackson Smith and Jigba is everything that we think he could be. Uh, with Metcalf and Lockett, he's just got to keep. If he plays, if he does, he tried to do too much, John. I think it, yeah. that's the simplest way. He tried to do too much. He tried to put too much on his own shoulders. He's not a Patrick Mahomes. He is not the kind of quarterback who can single-handedly win a game. Play within the structure. You've got some really good pieces around you. If he does that, I think we'll see good Geno. Maybe not MVP Geno, but maybe top ten to twelve quarterback Geno. 
Yeah, I, I like this comment from David. He says, too many young players need to start in Seattle. I'm expecting a step back this season, which they were 9-8. and eight. Like, people, that's the thing. Like, they got off to a super hot start, and then everybody just kept that kind of persona about them. But it was like, they were bad. They limped into the playoffs, and, like, I, I don't know. Detroit should have made it. That, I Detroit wanted Detroit to made make it. it. Yeah. Detroit should have made it, um, which we're at four. Like, come on, man. This is the time. This is the All time, right. Brian. I'll, I'll, I'll relieve you from your misery, John. Yes, I put the Detroit Lions at number four, but I oh. can see them crawling up into number three if that defense gets better. They did a lot on paper. They The secondary was the biggest issue. They addressed it uh, full speed in free agency. They added a former Niner in Emmanuel Mosley. They added Cam Sutton. Um, they added I Jack Campbell. I do love both those moves. I did, I did like both those. They added Jack Campbell, which not crazy about the draft spot. They probably could have got him much later, but by all accounts was really the only first-round worthy off-ball linebacker. Added him in the middle. Uh, you've got Aiden Hutchinson going into year two. James Houston, a surprising rookie, so they've got multiple pieces on the edge. Uh, I love adding Sam Laporta at tight end. He was actually one of my favorites, maybe even number two behind Dalton Kincaid. I personally had him above Michael Mayer, so I love that they got Laporta in the second round. Uh, Brian Branch, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, rookie and, and, and great safety addition. Once again, on paper, and Jameer Gibbs. Say what you want about where they drafted him. Probably too high, but that is a weapon that they can now add that helps in the run and pass game. Uh, ben Johnson, their offensive coordinator, is retained and I love Dan Campbell as a head coach. There's a lot to like about this Lions team. Don Burr thinks I'm still not high enough, even though I put That's him at crazy, four. crazy, man. I love Don Burr. He's a good dude. I want to add on this real quick, going, yeah. John, Don. Uh, you have to prove it, though. Uh, you know, my, The producer of my show, who I've been working with for two years, is a Lions fan. I talk with a Lions fan multiple times every week, but they still, I'm at the sorry. end of the day, did not make the playoffs. They started one in six. Uh, they're in a division. Aaron Aaron Rodgers is gone. You can win it, but you still need to win it. When's the last time the, the Lions won the, the NFC North? So as much as you think they could be three, they haven't proven it yet. So four is probably high for most people. I just believe in them, but let's get a little let's let's temper the expectations until they actually show it on the field. It's been thirty-one years since they have won a playoff Jeez. game. Jeez. Thirty one years. Wow. Thirty one. Big Papa says teams play hard for their coaches, gonna be worth a couple wins every but see, here's my thing. Like I've I've been around coaching staffs with that rah-rah, we're going to fight everybody, and it works to start. Eventually, after year after year after year of hearing that, it starts to dissipate. At some point, you have to bring a like a, a scheme advantage against your opponents, and I just don't see that with this team. They had the 32nd-ranked defense last year. I know that they added That's all the these question. guys, yes. but their locker room is trash. How many players did they got suspended for gambling – like the most, I think it's six. Like I think it was total of six. Yeah, I Jameson know, Williams man. was the only one who's uh, could be a significant contributor, but he didn't start until the end of the season last year. Anyway, like I said, I love Ben Johnson as an office coordinator. I think he doesn't get enough. I think he'll be a, one of the top head coaching candidates next year. Detroit versus the damn selves. <laughs> Could be. That's awesome. But let's rem let's remember the division. I mean, Aaron Rodgers yeah. is gone. We just talked about how the Vikings are sliding in the opposite direction. The Bears have a lot of hope, but they still were one of the Terrible worst teams division. in the NFL last yes. year. Uh, Jordan Love, who knows what you're getting there. This is a division is wide open for the Lions. Uh, they were they finished with a winning record, knocked the Packers off. They were this close, and they seem on paper to have only gotten better. I'm not predicting they're going to go to the Super Bowl. 
but I think this, the Lions are here to stay to win this division and maybe make some noise in the wild card round. And so I think they're going to win the division as well. I, I would have put them sixth. I'd put them ahead of the Vikings. Um, I might, yeah, I'd put them sixth. And like, yeah, right here, Don, he says, you know, that's not raw, raw, it's fundamentals. Ben Johnson, best OC in football. I don't disagree. Well, I do disagree. Well, best, best OC, OC in football. Let's, no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> he's good. He's very good. Yeah, offense, very but their good. defense is absolutely horrid. Yeah, they they are never fundamentally sound on defense, and they brought back Aaron Glenn, who I like. Yeah. Aaron Glenn, questionable, yes, but they extended him. I, I just and everybody wants to talk about like their streak down the wire. Listen to the teams they beat. I think there's two or three quality wins. They beat the Packers, who were terrible. The Bears, who lost ten straight. They beat the Giants. They beat the tar out of the Giants. I think that's one quality win. Um, they beat Jacksonville. That's a quality win. Then they beat Minnesota, not a quality win. The Jets, they were done by that point. Got blown out by Sam Darnold and the Panthers. Then beat the Bears, then beat the Packers. So you got two. Now, you only win against your schedule what's set out. But, like, people are acting like this team was, like, knocking everybody. You're beating the terrible Packers. Like I, th- I, I think know, the Jaguars, uh, that Jaguars actually is, is maybe the most quality victory on there because they beat Jacksonville when Jacksonville was starting to surge and starting to figure things out. I think the Jags would make a lot of noise in the AFC. Uh, but I'm, I'm still with you. The defense is the question. This offense, they were a top five offense last year, John. This was this offense is not going great. anywhere. They, don't, great. they only added to it. Great offensive line. The defense is the question mark. If they can just get to like a top 20 defense, this is a team who can make noise yeah. and i think that's what i'm banking on is that they'll yeah. go from 32 to 20 yeah I, i'm with you there um and right here defense was ranked top 10 last 10 games come on man you gave up 30 points i don't know man i, I don't want to go through that but i like i like the lions i just think everybody's just way too far i have them sixth like i haven't won in the division but I'm sorry, I don't think a playoff wins coming. They need this year. to prove it. it is. They I'll need pull to prove for it. them. I like the yeah. Lions. I like Campbell. It's just I don't like them near as much. I think the hard knocks bump that everybody like bought in, and the whole time I was like, nope, nope, nope. And I put in big, uh, betting on them not making the playoffs last year, and I got paid off on it. Uh, should they have made it? They got pretty damn close. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. All right, now we're to the final three. By the we way, got- how did you get a Lions fan? And like, is this regular as the 49ers podcast? I mean, I love it, but Don Burst. Well, so a couple years ago, we opened the season with the Lions. And so Don Burr, who's incredible, he was bouncing around a lot of the 49er shows all offseason, kind of talking trash, which was awesome. Um, <laughs> and so I freaking love it, man. I love it. Nice. But all right, here we are. The top three, the creme de la creme. We've got the 49ers, the Eagles, and the Cowboys left. Who you got at number three? A team that I could see falling down. Another team that I get as of now, they're gonna be number three, and that's the Dallas Cowboys. How much does losing Kellen Moore hurt how much does mike MacArthur coming in uh saying he's gonna call the plays last time he called the plays ended up getting fired in green bay so i'm not a fan of that uh but i do love the pieces and i love what they've done in the offseason they really needed an extra legitimate threat outside of cd land they went and got brandon cooks say what you want he's a little bit older but the guy just racks up thousand yards like like it's it's nothing uh they needed Help in the second door, secondary, Stephon Gilmore. And Gilmore doesn't need to be the CB1. You've got Trevon Diggs there. Gilmore can be an amazing number two. Everything out of camp is that Dig, uh, that Gilmore has has looked the part. Um, so I love the pieces. I love the that they addressed very direct needs. They were a playoff team last year, blew the doors off the Bucks, but 
I, I just don't know what I'm getting in Mike McCarthy. So this could be one of those where the Cowboys could be out of the playoffs, right? If the Commanders take a leap, if the Giants stay right where they are, if the Lions, uh, if this thing goes off the rails, and, and Dak's another one. Dak, unlike Geno, is when things are good around him, he can be a top five, six quarterback. Mm-hmm. But he also has the capability, led the NFL in interceptions last year, to fall off in the other direction. I just don't know what we're getting with McCarthy. It's so many unknowns in the NFC with so many of these teams. That's a big one. But in the meantime, I'll keep him at three. Yeah, I think coaching matters. Like, that's what it is. And, you know, yeah. the 49ers knocking the Cowboys. What's up, David Walder? <coughs> David's, uh, just for those people that know in the chat, he's making fun of everybody. I David was my mentor teacher so to speak back in uh texas we worked together huge cowboys fan not the smartest guy obviously uh but a really good guy <laughs> really good guy I love you got that. lions guys you got uh know, cowboys man. guys hanging out in the 49ers rush chat but like at some point when is enough gonna be enough you constantly build your team around players with off-field issues with me first mentalities and all that stuff and they might be better players but whenever it comes down to the wire, you put Zeke at center with the game on the line getting <laughs> blown up. Don't yeah. know how to manage the clock with Dak because the coach goes like, oh, it's a perfect call, whatever. Like, they're just not well coached. It's yeah. just not it. And, and the one bright spot is Kellen Moore is now in L.A. with the Chargers. Right. So I'm worried about how much of a regression. I think the defense will be fine under Dan Quinn. Um, you know, Michael Parsons is already one of the top players in the entire NFL. What a find there. But that offense, short of the pieces, which are good. I'm a huge Tony Pollard fan. Brandon but if they, Cooks if the, was a huge addition as well. Correct. But if yeah. the play calling is bad, if the in-game decision-making continues to be questionable from McCarthy, uh, I think three's the ceiling for them. You mentioned, oh, they're not number three, number one in the chat, David. Uh, I think three's the ceiling. I think we could see them actually outperform uh, worse than that at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, yeah. They just can't win in the playoffs, man. And so like, yeah, they're a great team and I think they're going to be a great team. I, to be honest with you, if you're looking at rosters, I think you could put any of these top three teams, one, two or three, but the coaching aspect makes you want to put the Cowboys lower than three. I can't put um, the Cowboys at one. I'm, <laughs> the top yeah. two teams we can debate, but, uh, the Dallas, like I said, I think this is their ceiling. Um, they could win the East just because, Nobody ever wins the East two years in a row. It's like this weird thing that's been going on for almost two decades. But to say that they're a better team than the Eagles and the Niners, uh, it's, I think, yet another tear break, John. I think there's a decent gap between the Cowboys and the top two teams. Yeah, I'm fair with that. David says, Dak led the league in picks and didn't even play all the games. That is factually correct. Um, Yeah, yeah. And, you know, if you want to talk about Diggs, I love this. Josh, you torched that man. Um, just made him look silly. Just made him look silly. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. Well, we're going to get a play this year. Week five. We'll be at that game, baby. Uh, 49ers rush road trip. It's going to be at home. It's going to be incredible. And so I chat all you Dallas peeps. Come on out, man. Let's go. Come That'd party. Be a fun we'll, game. We'll party you, Maybe man. I'll go to that game. I got to find a few Niners games to go to this year. There we go. There we go. All right. Now we're to number two, the runner up. Who you got, buddy? We have to follow the last thing we saw because there weren't major, major changes from either of these rosters. Uh, There's additions, subtractions. I got to stick with the Niners at number two until they get over that hump, until we see them beat the Eagles in the NFC Championship game. I predicted the Eagles to win before the game. Uh, I'm a huge Proc Purdy fan. For those that don't know, I've been on Purdy since he started. I've, I've been on this show saying that. 
But I just think that the Eagles are just there with Jalen Hurts playing at an MVP caliber level, level if he can repeat that. They lost some pieces on defense, but they also added some pieces on defense. They also had some young guys. I guess we're talking about both here because there's, there's no surprise. <laughs> we're talking about the Eagles and the Niners. Uh, let's just talk about the Niners. That, that, that's what we're here for. Uh, huge addition with Javon Hargrave. He could end up making this defense, which was phenomenal last year, even better. Steve Wilkes, I don't think he's as good as D'Amico Ryans, but he's still a very good defensive coach. You don't need an amazing schematic guy when you've got the pieces on defense that the Niners have. Um, secondary is still going to be a question, but they weren't bad last year. They were actually pretty good. Charverius Ward actually was one of the top corners in the entire NFL so there's not a lot of weaknesses across the board. Biggest question mark, obviously, is quarterback position. It's not because I don't believe in Purdy, but how much does that injury affect him? At what point does he come back at full strength? Even if he starts, is he ready? He might need a few ramp-up games. Luckily, the division is really weak outside of Seattle. The conference is really weak. I think you're, you're cruising to another 11, 12, maybe 13 win season. I do think it'll be Philadelphia and San Francisco battling for the to, right to get into the Super Bowl again. But since the Eagles beat them last time, uh, I got to stick with Philly at one and your Niners at two. I don't have a problem with that at all, especially just because the Brock Purdy injury. I think that changes things. Yeah. Um, you know, if you had a healthy quarterback, you know, you could say, okay, well, Trey Lance is there, but we haven't seen it. That That's a thing. So it's just one too many questions at that. But if you're looking at rosters, I don't think anybody disagrees that the Eagles and the 49ers are cut above everybody else, uh, yep. especially the NFC. It's just there. Uh, Don Burr, I'm with you. Nine, he says Niners are not number two. I'm with you. I have Niners <laughs> number one. So on that, we agree. Um, yeah, number five. Come on, man. Like, yeah, come on. Uh, come I, on. I'm, I'm with John here. Regardless of who you think is one or two, there's a decent gap between the Niners and Eagles and the teams below them in the NFC, including the Cowboys at three. So anybody who doesn't think the Niners are at least number two, if Purdy is healthy, even if they lose to the Eagles, if he doesn't have that elbow injury and he goes through a full offseason, fully healthy, uh, it might be tougher for me to put the Eagles at, at number one. And I might be considering putting the Niners there. The injury is the one thing, honestly, at the most important position that's keeping it slightly down. We don't know what we're getting from Purdy in year two coming off a very serious surgery. Yeah, and, you know, the 49ers get to play the Eagles again. And it's in October, which I'm excited about. Um, that's in Philly, right? Yeah, it's in Philly. Yeah. It is in Philly. So, But we were, you know, we went to Philly. We played them three years in a row. It, we played on week two. We were at that game, 49ers rush road trip. And, you know, we beat them in Philly. And all the Philly fans were walking out of the game. I got tackled uh, <laughs> and, and pushed, but that's okay. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So I think this is what the NFC is going to be for a while. It, maybe if the Cowboys get a legitimate coach. But it's hard not to see the 49ers and Eagles just going at it for the next five to six years. It, can yep. the Lions step up? Yeah, the Seahawks, can Gino really have that ceiling? I don't know. Giants, maybe, but that roster doesn't it, – it's not on par with the Eagles and 49ers. Big pop. If, if Jordan Love becomes amazing, maybe you could see the, the rest of that Packers. Well, we don't know. We know so many question marks. Yeah. Big Papa says 49ers and Eagles both moving from third place schedules to first place schedules. It should make a difference. Yeah. I don't think that we're going to have 14 wins in 13 wins. I, I don't think yeah. that's happening, especially with the 49ers travel schedule. Good gosh. Ooh. Terrible. I haven't man. even I'm looked just... at uh, cross division uh, conference. <laughs> I don't know who's playing who. I haven't broken all that down yet. I'll do that later in the offseason. Um, but even if they both lose less, it's still, there's just not a whole lot of competition, true competition in the rest of the NFC. 
in yeah. their divisions. The the Eagles have a tougher. I could see the Niners getting the number one seed simply because the Eagles will have to face the Giants twice and the Cowboys twice and the Commanders twice. Whereas the Niners really just have to deal with the Seahawks and then two really, really bad Rams and Cardinals teams. Um, yeah, to be determined. So even if they don't have 14 and 13 wins, they're still going to be the one and two seed barring something unforeseen. Yeah, I like it. Um, and man, the questions, Clayton, you've been rolling through this. Do we have a lot of questions we want to get to, or we kind of we hit them all? And again, just want to say thank you to Clayton. He organized this show, put it together. Brian, as always, is incredible. Oh, here we go. Look at this. Kevin says, Brian, what's up? Question. How do you feel about the Dolphins moves? We got to get Dolphins question in for you, buddy. Uh, yeah, appreciate that. And uh, Benji and Dad Gaming Channel, his uh, we've seen him in the, some of the legit football podcasts oh, nice. before. So uh, thanks for the question. Uh, I mean, I'm trying not to get too excited because on paper they look like if Tua stays healthy and they they were the most efficient offense in the NFL ahead of the Chiefs for a period of time last year. They were number one just ahead in, in most of the advanced metrics ahead of Kansas City. Uh, and their defense, which was sneakily like a 12 to 15 defense and has a lot of great pieces, they brought back everybody. They added Jalen Ramsey. Oh, and by the way, coaching matters, they added Vic Fangio to run the defense. I'm trying not to get a big head about this. I need to see it on the field. It's a juggernaut of a division in a bigger ju juggernaut of a conference. But I think if all things go well, if Tua stays healthy, they could be a team to watch in the AFC. I think might be one of my favorite coaching staffs like top to bottom in the NFL. Uh, I love Mike McDaniel, Vic Fangio, are you kidding me? Ooh, I would love to play for that team. Uh I would love to be coached by those guys. So, uh, just Tua. Mike McDaniel is awesome, by the way. Yeah. Yes. Tua is the biggest question mark. Offensive line also has some questions. Uh brought on a new offensive line coach. Uh Teron Armstead needs to stay healthy. Uh, those two things are correlated. Uh 49ers faithful asked about Dalvin Cook. Probably not. I probably don't want Dalvin Cook for a few reasons. One, he's asking for what seems like $10 million or more. We don't, like the Niners, we don't need an amazing running back. You know, we were the most efficient offense for like seven or eight weeks last year with Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson last year. And we added Devon A. Chain, who was the fastest running like back him. in the draft. I'm a huge, huge uh, addition there to add with the, it's like a track team in Miami. So we don't need a guy like Dalvin Cook to get us over that edge. If we could get him for cheaper, sure. But it doesn't look like Cook is, is being reasonable for that. I think we can win games in the AFC without Cook. Uh, so I'm fine if they if they don't get him. I like it. I look at Thanks. David. Thanks, David. I root for the Dolphins in the AFC because of Brian. Brian's a good guy, likable guy. Uh, so Brian, one more time, uh, give us a quick spill, legit football, thirty second or thirty minutes of football, and then we'll dip out of here. Yeah, so most important thing is our entire we have a full fully fledged media company now. It all stems from our daily newsletter. If you want the the NFL news of the day from across the entire league to your inbox in five minutes or less, just go to legitfootball.com, sign up for free. And then you'll get five days a week all the NFL news throughout the season and the offseason. Check out our podcast. Just go to uh, YouTube, Legit Football NFL Podcast, and 30 Minutes of Football. Go across our social media. Follow all our fun stuff. Uh, it's always a pleasure to be on here with you, John. Appreciate the invite. Awesome, man. All right. Till next time, you guys know how we do it. Stay strong, faithful.